Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. For all the attention that California has gotten during this pandemic for eviction moratoriums, some renters have still gotten kicked out of their homes. It's actually really hard to track evictions, but now we're learning what this has looked like here in the Bay Area. What's going on that prevents nearly, you know, uh, all people from being evicted in Alameda County, but then you've got over 100 people being evicted during that same time period just across the border. KQED investigation found hundreds of evictions taking place during the pandemic, despite the state's moratorium on evictions, which was just extended last week. Today, what we've learned about who is being evicted in the Bay Area and why where you live matters. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. In general, there's this idea that evictions in California are not happening. And the data that we saw and the numbers that we're looking at show that that's not true. Molly Solomon is a KQED housing reporter and co-host of the podcast Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America. Jean Kendrick is a 70-year-old retired security guard um, and registered nurse before that. And she lived in a duplex three-bedroom with her son, Stanley, who actually suffered a traumatic brain injury after a car accident a couple years ago. Um, he's now uses an electric wheelchair, relies on that to get around. Um, she actually moved in with him a couple years back into this Richmond duplex to help take care of him. I mean, it wasn't the best place in the world, but it was the roof of right. We weren't out in the street. We had a roof. They ended up getting an eviction notice before the pandemic. Um, they got their first notice over a year ago in November 2019. Their eviction essentially got put on pause when the pandemic began. Um, their court date got delayed, kept on getting pushed back month after month. Eventually, when the Judicial Council order lifted and eviction courts opened and resumed again, their case moved forward as well. Well, we went to court, what was it, October 8th. And that's when they gave us the final decision of the eviction. She told me it was it was a rainy Sunday morning and they woke up early and hired movers to move their things into storage and she had nowhere to go. That day was very um, depressing. I really don't remember that much about it because it was like it was like a nightmare. They had been living in this affordable housing unit and everything else was too expensive. 
and then some family members, not family, I keep calling them a family because they're like sons to me. Um, they gave us some money to stay up here at the extended stay. Even though I'm in extended stay and we have a place to sleep right now, it's not like I'm resting sleep. I keep telling my son, yes, I'm laying down and you hear me snoring, but I'm not resting. So Jean Kendrick and her son Stanley, you know, they're one household among, you know, at least 527, you know, individuals and families across the nine counties in the Bay Area um, that were evicted from the beginning of the pandemic through December of last year. Evictions in general are just not tracked well. There's no federal database that you can look at, you know, who has been evicted and and why. And some of those are for good reasons, you know, like in the state of California, eviction records are actually sealed. And that's to protect the identity of of renters. Um, Because when you have an eviction, and that's, you know, publicly available, that can really be a huge mark and make it difficult for you to find future housing. Um, But from a reporter standpoint, it's kind of hard to get an idea of how many evictions are actually going on. So, what we had been doing was asking the sheriff's department, which is sort of like, you know, if you think about eviction as a line, this is like the end of the line. Um, this is, you know, people who had nowhere else to go or, um, you know, maybe they didn't get legal representation and weren't able to fight it in court. Um, this is the sheriff deputies being ordered to come out and, and remove you from your home. Um, And so we used that information to get sort of an idea of, you know, knowing that this was a small fraction of all the evictions taking place, just to get a sense of what, you know, the number was uh, of evictions that were being carried out right now. So Jean's name was on that list um, from Contra Costa County on their sheriff lockout list um, from the month of December. The state has put a moratorium on evictions at some point during 2020, which has now been extended to June. So why have hundreds of people, including Gene, been evicted anyway? So last week, we saw these negotiations, you know, right up to the wire, really, to extend the current eviction protections that are in place. And that essentially extends the the partial eviction moratorium through the end of June. Um, And the protections keep you from being evicted if you have had difficulty paying your rent because maybe you've lost your job or you've lost income and you can prove some sort of financial hardship that's related to the pandemic, but you've also been able to continue to pay at least 25% of your rent to your landlord. That keeps you safe from being evicted during this pandemic. Um, But it also doesn't account for folks that are being evicted for other reasons. You know, there's like more than a dozen reasons that you can be evicted in the state of California. There could be other lease violations. There could be, um, you know, loopholes within your own local eviction rules that allow you to be evicted for things like not folding your recycling properly. So I think, you know, there's a lot of tenant advocates that say that it doesn't go strong enough, and they argue that, you know, we should all be preventing any eviction from happening right now. You mentioned you got the data from various Bay Area sheriff's offices, which seems to be this last resort to deal with evictions. So does that mean that there's just a lot more people who've been evicted, but you know this particular data set just doesn't show, show those people? This is likely a significant undercount. Eviction is really scary. And when you get an eviction notice, or even if your landlord just tells you, you're out of here, I'm going to evict you, 
that can set off this kind of, you know, flight feeling where you just have to get out of there and maybe you just leave before the eviction even gets to the courts. You know, that's that's not represented here in this data. Um, neither are illegal lockouts where maybe the landlord just locks you out of your unit entirely. And I also think it's really confusing when you get, you know, a three-day notice just to try to understand what it is that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. uh, and, and what you're supposed to do during a pandemic and maybe thinking that you're more protected than you are because you've heard that there's the state moratorium that halts evictions right now. So I think most people would say that, yes, you know, we can say that at least 527 people, according to these sheriff lockout lists, have been evicted in the Bay Area, but there are likely many, many more. Of the 500-plus evictions reported by sheriffs in the Bay Area, the county with the most evictions was Santa Clara, where 145 evictions were reported. That's followed by Contra Costa County, where there were 135. Molly says what's striking is when you compare those numbers to other parts of the Bay Area, like Alameda County, where just eight evictions occurred. That's the lowest in the Bay. Seeing that was just really startling. And and so I think it was just really interesting to see that, you know, the evictions weren't being evenly enforced and that they were big differences between the counties in the Bay Area. And I think that made us want to know why, like what's going on that prevents nearly, you know, uh, all people from being evicted in Alameda County, but then you've got over 100 people being evicted during that same time period, you know, just across the border. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what what might be at play in Alameda County and Santa Clara County to where the numbers are so different. I mean, I think the short answer is it's, you know, the strength of your local eviction moratoriums. When you kind of dig into the details of how local jurisdictions, you know, have passed different measures that, 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 you know, protect people even further, you really start to see the differences there. Like in Alameda County, for example, them in San Francisco have passed, you know, two of the strongest moratoriums, I'd say, in the state of California. You know, it really prevents most people from being evicted right now unless there's some sort of health and safety issue. Hmm. Um And that's a big deal because that includes people that owed rent before the pandemic began. That includes people who are being evicted for reasons before the pandemic or during the pandemic, but that didn't have anything to do with a financial hardship. And I think the focus there has always been, this is a health emergency that we're in and we do not need to be enforcing evictions right now. The sheriff's office and the courts have also seemed to interpret that as we're not going to move forward with evictions at this moment. You know, Alameda County Court specifically has, you know, basically halted most of the eviction cases from going forward right now. Interesting. So buy-in from both the court system and and law enforcement. Right. It's not just the the county moratorium, but it's like the whole system is really on the same page here. And that's really different when you just look over, you know, for example, Contra Costa County, where, you know, eviction court was open, and it was open in person for for, for quite a bit. They've actually just gone back to Zoom. I do feel like it is very unfair and so much reflects what local politicians have prioritized in different counties. 
I spoke with Anne Tamiko Amora. She's the executive director of the Eviction Defense Center. Um, they offer legal services to folks in Alameda County and also parts of Contra Costa County. She's been getting calls nonstop. Like their staff is busy. They are going into court every morning and afternoon to go defend more clients from being evicted. You know, you get these calls from frantic people who are like, oh, my God, I just got laid off. I don't know what to do. And if you happen to live one place, we say, okay, you know, you're protected, you know, do what you can. No one's going to be able to put you out on the street. But in another place, they have very, very different protections. On the other hand, also, I think a big thing is is getting that kind of legislation passed it really depends on organizing and grassroots efforts within the community. And in places like San Francisco, in places like Oakland, there is strong tenant you know, support and there are a lot more resources and attorneys available to help people. There's a lot more legal assistance in general, but there's also this kind of, you know, tenant rallying energy that is very um, visible. You know, we're always so nose to the grindstone case by case, but like last night we all stayed up late and logged on to the Richmond City Council board meeting to like try to lobby a little for tenants' rights because, you know, as lawyers, we are only as good as the tools we're given. Coming up, what we know about who is being evicted in the Bay Area and where we go from here. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. So it sounds like your data showed a little bit about where people in the Bay Area were being evicted, at least with the lockout um, data that you, you got. Did it also show you anything about who was more likely to be evicted? Yeah, you know, that was a big question that we had was not only knowing where people were being evicted, but is there something that we could say about who was being evicted or who is especially vulnerable to eviction in this moment? A lot of this analysis seems to fall in line with what we've seen before with the extremely high rate of evictions amongst black households in particular. So we spoke with Tim Thomas. He's the research director at UC Berkeley's Urban Displacement Project. They help they helped analyze some of the data and, and try to figure out what sort of racial and economic disparities were in there. They found that black renters, you know, they were more than twice as likely to be evicted when they compared that to white renters. 
so this you know this this harkens to the issue that evictions really is a civil rights issue because it seems to fall on the backs of black households more than any other group even when we have limited data it just continues to show this trend they also found that these evictions were especially clustered in neighborhoods in Antioch, for example, or in San Jose, that were, you know, a higher proportion of renters there were low income, or that they were paying a significant amount of their income to rent, which meant that they were rent burdened. There's a real serious need to pay attention to extremely low income households and try to protect them because the next step after an eviction, honestly, is close to homelessness. I think it's troubling to see this information and not see enough being done about it to stop it. So what have advocates said about that? Yeah, I mean, this is happening to the same group of people that is already feeling the brunt of the economic shutdown impacts here, that is already before the pandemic struggling to be able to afford to live in the Bay Area and paying, you know, majority of low-income renters were already paying more than half of their income to rent. So I think what this says is that not enough people are being protected and people are falling through the cracks. You know, I think people are happy that at least for now, there is, you know, this moratorium that's been extended through June. So so it will, you know, kind of prevent that, that you know, what people are calling that wave of evictions from happening. Um, but I also think that people want more. I want to go back to Jean Kendrick because I know that a lot of people were really moved by her story. Can you tell me about what happened late last week? Jean's story really caught a lot of people's attention, I think, because people just weren't aware that people were being removed from their homes and were still being evicted. And I started to get a bunch of emails and tweets from people who had read the story and, and wanted to know how they could help Jean. So she you know, made a GoFundMe page and, and, and I kind of sent it out there into the Twitterverse. And the response has been, like, completely overwhelming. I think it started with, like, $100 in the GoFundMe when we published the story. A couple days ago, I think it was, like, at $13,000 raised so far. Um, so well over, I think, the goal that she had set of $10,000. I actually, I just texted her uh, to, to see if she had actually seen the GoFundMe page. And she wrote back this morning and just said, like, you know, I just can't even begin to thank everybody. Like, I'm just so grateful right now. There's just been such, um, such a wide group of people that have reached out, you know, wanting to, wanting to make sure that she has the help that she needs to get into safe housing. That has just been... I don't know, like the piece of hope that I've needed to like get through the week. Um, yeah, yeah. There's so many people that are like Jean that need right. help right now. And, and as you mentioned, like one of hundreds, at least hundreds of other stories of people being evicted right now and, and likely will continue to be evicted. And yet the help that Jean's been getting is in a way it's temporary yet again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like at the end of the day, what she really needs is housing. She just she can't be on the streets and homeless right now, like for her health, um, you know, for her safety. 
at the end of the day, I just, you know, I do hope she gets what she's what she needs. I'm hoping to find to find for us to find some uh, place to live where we can feel at ease for a while to be able to get back on our feet. Molly, thanks so much for reporting and speaking with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, so we want to know if you are facing any kind of issues with housing during the pandemic. Maybe you've got an eviction story of your own. Our housing desk here at KQED is looking for people to share their stories. So we're going to leave you a link in our show notes to where you can contact them. Thanks to Molly Solomon, KQED housing reporter and co-host of the podcast, Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America. Also, big thanks to KQED reporters Aaron Baldessari and Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez for contributing to this reporting, and to Cal Matters for sharing eviction data with the team, and UC Berkeley's Urban Displacement Project for helping out with mapping some of the data. We'll leave you a link to the KQED story in our show notes as well. This episode was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Montecilio. We're part of your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us. Talk to you next time. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.